Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour, with your other host, Richard Geiger. Coming to you live from the Mazda Studios. <laughs> and, of course, by that I mean my car in the garage. <laughs> It's the best place to be. We have a fantastic episode for you today. We have a guest that would normally be in our studio if we lived in Kentucky. But uh, since we don't, uh, we're doing this one via a remote, uh, secure channel. Uh, uh, You're in a fortress, a bunker, right? Uh, Right? (laughs) Absolutely. We have have Lori Rosenbaum, artist, podcaster, uh, uh, lady entrepreneur. Go that direction. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> How are you doing today? I am doing absolutely great. I'm so excited to be on the podcast with you guys. It's definitely fun doing somebody else's <laughs> podcast and learning about new people. Well, we love have we we love having new friends on, and uh, we we've seen you on and about in the in the Twitter space and the social media, and. Uh, it's it's kind of a good to put a voice with the with the presence, you know. If if you're lucky enough to have listened to uh, Lori's uh, podcast up until this point, you are already familiar. But if you're not, uh, Lori's podcast is called what again? The Rosenbaum and Gray Hour, and it's with Lindsay Gray, who's an actress who abs- actually just moved out to Los Angeles herself. She just uh, got a part in a movie out there, so. She just got absolutely. She just got there, and she's so excited to be <laughs> on the West Coast. I think I would be too. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, so, well, let's let's start with the basics. I mean, I always we're we're podcasters. We love talking to people, and you've got a podcast. So, um, what is the focus of your podcast for those that might not be completely familiar with it? Well, to be completely honest with you, our podcast really doesn't have a focus. <laughs> Perfect. We basically, we basically just talk crap about whatever we feel like talking about. Um, things come up, we laugh, we joke, we talk about, you know, we talk about depression, anxiety, those kind of things as well. So we can get really deep into the point, you know, I'm in tears, which doesn't happen often because I'm really not a crying type person. But, and then we can be laughing so hard about somebody will bring up my brother and his, uh, his problem with farting all the time and he's always video video, he's always on video and on instagram or on twitter and he's always doing fart jokes so somebody will bring that up and or how my brother pulled down his pants and showed his butt and so yeah it gets to be you know where people are bent over laughing so hard so pretty much anything and depending on the guest like you as well you know what we're talking about with that guest and their experiences um so pretty much everything Sounds like a lot of fun. It it can be. <laughs> definitely can I, be fun. <laughs> fart jokes are fair game. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, and, and it's kind of funny because people ask me all the time, "Why does your brother always talk about farting, or why is he always farting, or always belching?" And I'm like, you know, because he because it's fun for him. He he just likes the stupid little things that, to laugh about, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's fun. Hey, bodily so. bodily functions are funny. There's there's no two ways around it. You can be uncomfortable about uh, uncomfortable about it all you want, but uh, I don't know anybody. Everybody that, does it, right? <laughs> my, my son, who is uh, four, um, I guess either I've taught him well or um, maybe not, is that 
he will be sitting down somewhere and he'll he'll say oh, i have something for you and he'll walk over and right in front of me just the biggest part ever and then start <laughs> laughing and walk away wow smart smart child that's yeah. fantastic so you have a little toddler at home those are always your young child i have a um six-year-old grandson so he hasn't done that yet but he talks about farting but he hasn't come up to me and farted on me or anything yet but i'm sure someday that'll happen yeah give it just a little time i'm sure (laughs) i'm absolutely sure of it (laughs) so one thing that i kind of was curious about you're you're talking about your your cohort uh, cohort Lindsay who is on the podcast yep. with you. How did you two get introduced? How how was because uh, she's not from Kentucky, right? No, no, she's not. She's from Virginia, right? So. And what happened was there's a guy named Brian. I think it's Ochre. I can't remember how to. I can't pronounce his last name. He was a producer on her show at the time. She had a podcast of her own, and he had contacted me and said, Hey, um, you know, would you like to be on, you know, Lindsay's podcast? I'm sure she would love to have you on. Do you want to do it? And I was always, I've always thought about doing a podcast myself. You know, my brother has his inside of you podcast, which is very popular, but I've always thought about, you know, I would like to do that my own, not anything like his, but do my own. And we just got Lindsay and I started talking. I said, you know what? would you be interested in doing a podcast together? And so she stopped pretty much didn't do hers anymore. And we just started one together and that's how it happened. And we do all ours remote. I mean, we've not been in the same room to do one. You know, I mean, I'm hoping to go to LA and do one with her there, but uh, we haven't done one in the same room. So it's really cool that we met that way and we became really good friends and close and, you know, and, and to do the podcast and, Never, like, actually met face-to-face in person. I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> oh, no, but, not at all. You know, sometimes some of the greatest people you meet will be people that you meet online or, you know, on Twitter. On, I mean, I've met some fantastic people. I had somebody send me gifts for Christmas, um, send me masks, for, you know, for this COVID stuff. I mean, just people are just really cool. Even if you don't get to meet them, there's still a lot of people out there that, you know, that I care about, that care about me, that I've never physically met. That's definitely the case. I mean, we've uh, managed to strike up a pretty good friendship with another podcaster, Delvin Cox, uh, that does the Delvin Cox Yeah, Delvin's our producer. Yeah. He's a great guy. And he just, I would never have uh, expected uh, to, to just have so much fun with somebody that I've never actually met in person before. Oh, yeah. We had him on the podcast, of course. Since he's a producer, we had him on as a guest. And we had to have him on a second time because we were just laughing so hard. And he had the freaking greatest stories. And he lives in Miami, right? which was pretty awesome. So, you know, that he became her producer and, you know, he produced he produces the podcast and he's just awesome. I mean, it's amazing. I think some of my closest friends I've never met. I, I have a great friend who's a doctor and she lives in Alaska and we're pretty good friends. But one of the things that they that she had said to me is, well, so I've had a few friends that were my, they were fans of my brothers and they, you know, became a fan of me, my, my art. And they told me that they're fans of my brother, but that they, that my, what I do is totally different what he does. And they're fans of me for myself, but they, they were so glad that they got to meet me through being a fan of his, which is great. 
I mean, it's really, you know, you make good friends that you never knew were out there. And from all over, all parts of the the country, seemingly as well. Yeah, the UK. I've sold paintings to the uh, a woman in the UK um, that was a fan of my brother's that loves my art, um, and also to Alaska. I have a, a painting in Ireland, so it's just pretty cool that even you know just because I had that connection, you know my you know with that name that they found me and and they said you know I became great friends with you, not because of your brother, but just through your knowing him, I was lucky enough to get to know you, which makes me feel really good because I don't want people to just be my friend because, Hey, that's Michael Rosenbaum's sister. I want to get close to her. So, and I've had people do that. I've absolutely had people. Can you send him something for me? Can you make (laughs) sure he gets this? I had somebody ask me the other day. I was so pissed off. Excuse my life. I was pissed. Oh, you're good. Um, Because this lady's like, it's Tom Welling's birthday, and I want to get him a cake, even if it's virtual, if I can't get him a real cake. But I need you, and Michael, read your tweets, and I need you to do this and I because uh, I need to get it to Tom Welling, and there's no reason why you can't do that for me. Uh, like, who the hell do you think you are? <laughs> uh, don't tell me what I have to do. I mean, I don't do that with my brother. I don't ask him to do special. Fa- I would not do that. It's not fair. He's a very busy person. Right. He, You know, when he's not working, he's donating his time to, you know, Ronald McDonald House in, in L.A. and, you know, does a lot of things. He's always busy. But how dare somebody think they can use me to get something like that? I mean, that just to me is just you have to have a lot of gall to do something like that. That's a major social disconnect right there. Just uh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't like you, you would think initially, oh, my gosh, that just surprises me that that would happen. But. If you really think about it, no, that, it's unfortunate that that is probably a regular occurrence for a lot of folks. Yeah, unfortunately it is because, you know, he's just a person and yeah. I'm just a person and we all, we have our own lives. He's very busy. I'm busy, you know, and, and even if I wasn't, which, you know, I don't work full time. I'm an artist, but, you know, I don't, would never put that on him or put that make him feel guilty or try to guilt him into doing something for some stranger, you know, that there's no reason for them to expect that out of somebody, you know, if they're, they love an artist, my brother does, he has a patron. Um, I guess what's it called is a Patreon. Yeah. Patreon. Mm-hmm. When they pay. Right. So he has that and he does videos like he does live Instagrams and he has his Patreon members come on the live videos and he sings songs and they request them. And then he even like has calls them up. On, on Instagram, he calls those, some of those people up because he's really cool like that, and he does those things for people. So he, it's not like he doesn't already do. Yeah. You know, but I just feel like I don't want you to be – don't be my friend at all if you think that something – you're going to get something out of it, you know, out of my brother for being friends with me. If you want to be friends with me, I want to be your friend. I'm – you know, I love, you know, people. Right. I don't like talking to people all the time. I don't talk on the phone rarely ever. But, you know – I'm glad to have as many friends as I can. I just, and if they're fans of Michael's, that's fine, but respect the difference. Right. You know, we're two different people. Now I have, I have to interject this because I think you might find it mildly humorous. Um, okay. Just as, as soon as you mentioned the thing about Tom Welling, um, I had the opportunity to go to wizard world last year. Um, and it was, oh, cool. it was the one that both your brother and Tom Welling and a handful of other people were at. 
And, um, you know, among other things, I went to the Smallville panel that they did, did a little bit of a recording for it. You know, I was able to uh, meet your brother and speak to him. And he is, you know, a gentleman and fantastic uh, and, and, and everything. I was not able to get a chance to meet Tom Welling. Now, I think this kind of plays into this kind of disconnect in a certain way. People lose their mind at certain points, because I know I lost my mind very briefly after the Smallville panel, because, you know, I'm, I'm trying, this is towards the, the earlier beginning, trying to get the podcast going. And you know, I'm trying to just make some friendly connections, get my face out there and you know, meet some people. And on the, right. on the way down, uh, where I'm walking down the stairs and Tom Welling is directly to my left. It's like, oh, you know, there's a chance to say something witty uh, or be very friendly and just kind of say hi real quick. And as I'm thinking that, what comes out of my mouth instead is, why don't you fly down the stairs? And I had just this moment where, where did that come from? I, I don't know what I just said. That is not what I was thinking about saying. How did that happen? <laughs> you said it out loud? I said it out loud. I have never done anything <laughs> like that. I was so embarrassed. It's like, what ha- What just happened? But he just kind of laughed and shrugged it off and walked down the stairs like, ah, he is never going to talk to me for the rest of my existence. <laughs> wow. That's just, wow. That's just, well, one of the things, um, that's funny, but Lindsay, they had a galaxy con or whatever it's called in, in Virginia where she lives. And she went, she waited in line to see Michael to meet him. And uh, because he was my brother mainly, because she, you know, she wasn't a big fan or anything. I don't even think she followed him before, you know, she knew me. Um, so she's in line and she, you know, is getting an autograph and he's like, Oh my gosh. And she says her, you know, her name to put on there oh my gosh, Lindsay. Oh, you know, it's you. It's really you. Are you real? No, you know, and, and he gives her a hug and he's saying out there, this is my sister's best friend. This is my sister's best friend because so Lindsay tell, said, you can just tell people were getting infuriated because he wasn't hugging all the people, but he hugged her. <laughs> so he had to say, had to make it. sure. Cause I was like, well, why would he keep saying her? And then when she said that, I said, that's why he kept saying that's my sister's best friend because he didn't want people to think what, cause they were thinking and getting aggravated cause he hugged her. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, are you freaking serious? I was like, Lindsay, are you freaking serious? People were getting pissed off cause Michael hugged you. I mean, what is wrong? Do these people not realize that he's just a freaking guy who goes to the bathroom, puts on his pants like everybody else? Yep. I mean, <laughs> it's like, I understand. And it is cool. I'm not going to say that, you know, meeting people is not cool or whatever. Somebody who's famous, but, you know, the only difference is they have a different job than you. I remember I had a boss one time and, you know, this was, I worked as a, di- a director um, at, actually, it was a, a district partner for Arby's for years. And I had nine restaurants that I ran. And, um, I had a boss that said to me one time, he said, you are as good as at what you do as your brother is at what he does. And that was one of the nicest things any vice president could ever say to you. You know, it's like, yeah. to me, that was a great compliment, but he's telling me, and I've had so many people tell me, why talk about your brother? You stand on your own as a person you don't need to ever mention him to be important. Right. You know, you don't have to, um, you know, but just to know that when somebody said that to me though, and, and it makes me feel like, you know what? I am 
what I do. I am, you know, a strong person in the career choice that I had or whatever I got into. I don't know that I chose to do that career, but um, it's just he does a different career and he's on the TV. (laughs) That's, you know, basically the difference. I'm proud of him. I mean, he's does. He's great at what he does. He's a great actor. He's, you know, I'm very proud of, you know, everything that he's done. Um, I'm a proud sister, but you know what? He's still my little brother. I bet you, I bet you and, still had to check him occasionally. Just that, that, that little ego checks like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were on Smallville. <laughs> well, That's great. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's not, you know, he would come in my house and the first thing he would do is he'd come when he came back to town sit on the couch and fart. That was the first thing that he would do when he'd come to visit. <laughs> or he'd sit on the floor just fart as loud as he could. And then belch as loud as he could because he's just being himself. Uh, so, you know, I think that he probably, if I had to say, did he go through a time where, you know, he had an ego? I'm sure. I think anybody would. But he never, I never saw it that way. I never saw him that way. And I don't think his fans did either. I don't think Michael's ever walked around like his you know, doesn't stink. Right, right. I don't think he's ever been that way. I think, as you could tell by meeting him, he's that's just who he is. You know, so um, it's great having a little brother that I'm thrilled to death. I get to brag yeah. that I have a little brother that's a you know a pretty good actor and a great actor. You know, um, so yes, of course I love to brag about him. Um, but you know, I would like I, I think that a lot of the pop that as far as meeting people and stuff like that. But then you also have that negative. And I've had some experiences that have been pretty freaky because he was famous. Right. Do you, do you think that, uh, you know, living, living where you're at, living where we're at in the Midwest, Kentucky, Indiana, like what, what type of uh, influence do you think that had on you as a family kind of growing up when you were younger? Well, he didn't. You mean as far as him being an actor? Well, just in general. No, I'm, I'm talking. I'm not even talking about him. I'm just talking like your your family, everybody. Oh, growing up, how it's like growing up in the in the Midwest. Is that what you're asking me? I'm sorry. Yeah, and and what type of what type of influence you thought that had on your your family and your dynamic? Well, I mean, I will tell you that I we moved to Indiana from Connecticut when I was 13. Okay. Um, we grew up, I grew up on Long Island in New York. Michael was seven and my little brother, Eric was, um, nine months old, I think when we moved to Indiana. So we want to talk about a culture shock. Um, my name was Laurie Rosenbaum from Long Island, New York. And here I am in Southern Indiana. So, uh, and, and in where I was in Connecticut, we lived in Hamden, which was five minutes outside of New Haven, um, in Connecticut. Where I was from, you know, you're in middle, you're in junior high school until um, through 10th grade. And here, I moved here, my 14th birthday, I started high school. So it was definitely a culture shock. I went to a town, it's called Newburgh, Indiana. Um, It's kind of a, you would say, hoity-toity town. Um, And, you know, it was, and another thing that happened here is people tried to convert us. Um, we're Jewish. I was raised Jewish. Um, and Michael had it happen to him. I had it happen to me. It was like every, it was just constant people trying to 
Somebody tried to get Michael as a little boy, asked him he needed to get on his knees and asked to be saved or something crazy. I don't know the exact story, but it was something like that. Well, don't, um, don't you want to so believe exactly the same as everybody else? <laughs> huh? Don't you want to believe exactly what? the same as everybody else? <laughs> yeah, right. No. You know, the hell with that. I mean, this is, you know, so what you grow up where it's very diverse, first of all. So I'm in Long Island, New York, and, and, and or New Haven, Connecticut, it's diverse, you know, a lot of diversity. You move to Newburgh, Indiana, it's 98% white, um, no Jews. I went to a school, there were two, high school, where there were 2,000 students, six Jews and six blacks. So it was definitely a very different experience. It was, a, it was rough. And I went to this stuck-up high school, and everybody had clicks, so... I'm going to say for me, it was rough because I went to that high school. I was the first one that, you know, um, I have an older brother who's a year and a half older than me, was in the same grade. Um, and it was it was tough. And he ended up leaving and going back to New York when he was 17 and stayed with my grandmother. But it was I would say that it was very tough um, trying to adjust to the Midwest coming from the background that I did. And I'm sure it was Michael as well. Of course, again, he was here younger. And he has a very strong love for this area. Now, my brother, Eric, who moved, he moved there, lived his whole life there. He was born in Connecticut, lived most of his life in Indiana, has no desire to ever be around here. He loves L.A. He stays out there. He doesn't, he comes back very, not very often. Michael comes back like twice a year mm. and has a very close connection to this, the area. He just feels very you know, loves his, the teachers that he had, just he has a love for this area. And he went to Western Kentucky University, which is an hour from where I live right now. I live in Owensboro, Kentucky. He went to school in Bowling. And then he went to live with my grandmother in New York when he started his acting career. Hmm. So that's where that all started. But I think for most, they, you know, I got I got married, left home at 18 and got married, um, was, you know, had a rough, had a little bit rough at home. So I left home and got married and I wish I, you know, I wish I would have made other choices. Um, but as soon as my brothers could get out, they, they left, went away to college and moved away. So I guess they just didn't want to be in the Midwest. <laughs> I guess you could say. I I mean, where are you in? Are you in Indiana? We're actually in Bloomington. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I uh, see. I used to, you know, the, um, the rallies there, I was the supervisor of that rallies for two years. Oh Yeah. Mm-hmm. I started, I was with rallies for seven and a half years and I was a district manager. I had Columbus and Bloomington. So I spent a lot of time in that town. It's, it's still here. <laughs> in, in My some stepdaughter ways. graduated from IU. So yeah, I mean, Bloomington's pretty cool. So you're not even that far away from me. No. And you know, no. is that where you're from? In a manner of speaking, you know, depending upon like right now, that's where we're from. Uh, <laughs> I mean, where, are you yeah. from, where are you from? Like, are you from the Midwest? Originally, well, Richard, you're yeah. Uh, so I, Northern Indiana. Yeah. Okay. I've so where are you over. from? Like, what part of Northern Indiana? Well, a little bitty town. Um, if you go about an hour, yeah, maybe an hour south of South Bend, there's a okay. little town. There's a little town with a lake and a military academy. Uh, okay. That's where I'm from. Okay. So when you say you went to high school with 2,000 people, I went to high school with like 200 people. And wow. We're like all the grades. My graduating class was 
fairly big at the time. It had 71 people in it. So. Wow, we had 444, I think, in my graduating class, and we're in a small, we're a town at the time was like five or six thousand people. I mean, which is crazy that we had, but it was the whole. It was more, so it was there were people from Yankee Town, which was another small town around Chandler. So I guess you know, but that high school, and that's where Michael graduated from, and my brother Eric graduated from as well. So we all graduated from the same high school. But yeah, Indiana is not that bad. I mean, nah. it's not. It's just it's so totally different from. You know, if you grew up on the East Coast, it's just a totally it's it's, it's you know, I shock. still have it. I mean, I talk like I'm from here now. And and since I've been in Kentucky, which has only been nine months, but I married. I got married to my husband less than three years ago um, to the husband I'm with now. And he's from Owensboro. And mm-hmm. so I'll say shower, shower instead of shower. We're going down to the building. I mean, so I, and sometimes when I'm tired, I'll slip and say coffee instead of coffee. <laughs> because that slips out but, but him being from Owensboro and he grew up on a farm so he owns farmland and his brother's a farmer and so it's totally he's so totally different than me it's like it's like <laughs> day and night different so for us to be together is kind of like odd nobody would probably put us together but we met on the internet so there you go well there are oh. some there are some positives again you know this it's the, the differences that keep things interesting absolutely yes. Is Owensboro, so is that where, like, the Penny Rile is and where, like, 69 is going to top where, up? Um, okay, so you're talking about probably Madisonville. I don't know. Right now we have the – nothing – no interstate goes through. I don't – I guess that 69 will probably go through. I would think. I don't know for sure. I've only been here, like, nine months. Um, but Owensboro's like – you know Evansville. So it is probably – 40 minutes from Evansville. We're actually nine miles from the border to Indiana. Yeah. So we're okay. east. Yeah. So we're not, I mean, I lived in Evansville and Newburgh. In Evansville and Newburgh, we're maybe, um, let's see, we're two and a half hours from to Indianapolis. That's so, no, yeah. no. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say for Michael, Michael's always was a class clown. He was always tiny. Always small. So I think that's how he <laughs> dealt with stuff was by being the class clown. And then, of course, he, after high school, or he sprouted up and got he's like six foot. But he was always really little. Uh, so that kind of makes sense. Just these these amazing connections that can be formed over these long distances are, are, are truly, truly inspiring. And some of the best places to find these connections is on social media. You know, you can well, find... <laughs> <laughs> this is our our clumsy insert uh, ad here. insert ad here. Our, our way to say that you can find at real pudding guys on Twitter uh, as well as at pudding guys on Instagram and Facebook. You can even find us on Patreon, where for just a single dollar a month, you can help support the pudding guys as we bring on neat new people to talk to, buy new stuff to talk into, and hopefully bring you more quality products. But back to the uh, <laughs> back to the matter at hand. Was that smooth? Was that good for you, Lori? That was Transition. awesome. I'm impressed. You uh, did that very well. It just kind of just flew right in there. Yeah, I got to keep it quick because it's, just, it, it's I, I don't want to bore people. <laughs> no, that was pretty magical. That was pretty good. I'm impressed. So, so what else do you do? Do you is this your full? I mean, what do you do for a job? Well, that's actually no, kind curious. of the, the, the questions. Question. <laughs> we tend to not talk about our daytime work on the podcast at all. Let us just okay. say that we deal with the public 
on the regular in what we oh, do. Oh, yeah, I was there. <laughs> I was a district manager for restaurants for most of my life, so I know what dealing with the public on the daily is like. Yeah. 24 especially, hours a day daily. <laughs> especially around here. So you, yep, yeah, you... Yes. <laughs> oh, but Wilmington was horrible. Yeah. I could not find anybody to work um, in a restaurant. I could not find anybody. And this was back in, I started working there in, I think it was 94. And I left there in 2001, went to Arby's, but I was, when I was at rallies, but the last, last couple of years is when I had Bloomington. And I would say, if we couldn't find a decent person to work there, you would think with all the college kids there that I could find employees, no, no mm-hmm. issue. Mm-mm could not find people to work. It was very stressful. I got called 24, I mean, 24 hours a day, I was getting calls from Columbus and Bloomington. Those were the two. I lived three hours away from Columbus and I would say though, and, and two and a half hours from Bloomington and those two stores out of all my stores were the ones that made my life hell. <laughs> well, you know, there's, so, there's only really three kinds of people that you run into in terms of the type of people that can work in these locations in Bloomington. You either have the people that are eminently qualified or overqualified that wouldn't take that kind of a job in the first place because they're going to work in whatever field they're going to work in. Um, Right. Or or you've got the people that are not, it's not that they're not qualified because a lot of times you don't have a lot and don't need a lot of qualifications for uh, 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 some of these positions, but they're not exactly the type of people that you would want in a front facing position, but they seem to lack. No either. teeth. I get it. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> and then the third type, you got the, you got the people going to the school. Well, they, I'm going to IU. Why would I want to work a, a part-time exactly. job? Their mommy and daddy pays for school and they don't have to work. And you can't get any of them. You would think with all those students there, they want to work, but that's not the case. No. And, and and also in Newburgh, Indiana, mommy and daddy pays for everything. So a lot of places, high school kids want to work and not in Newburgh. So that was another place that was always an issue is getting people to work where they're, you know, the income levels are higher in the household um, and the kids don't have to have a job. So, yeah, I understand completely. I mean, I know like Bloomington, I would get applications to people that, there's no way because we didn't hire felons. Yeah. So that was, you know, that's one thing that, you know, you you didn't get the students. Absolutely didn't get the students. You either got the pretty much the bottom um, people that weren't willing to work hard, that didn't care, you know, take care of their you know teeth um, or, you know. So, it was, as you know, being in that town, that's it was very difficult. It's a to, really weird area. Yeah. Well, you, and you it's know, weird. It's like another world. Hire people. You know, we. I think we both had the experience of having to hire people from this area in the past, and we, yep, we get that. We get that frustration with the quality of work for sure. Right. Well, and then both of those restaurants, and never had had this happen to me before, but the general manager in my Columbus store ended up stealing. Well, I had, I was out for a surgery. I had my gallbladder removed at the time. She stole $12,000 in deposits <sighs> and faked a pregnancy and a birth and all that, that never happened. And the GM that I had in at there in Bloomington said that he put the deposit on his roof and drove off of his car. Like I'm stupid. Mm. Yep. I'm sure that that happened. You drove away, left the deposit, it flew off, and somebody else got it. Yep, it's not your fault. Uh, see, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's, t- it's tough. And I was young. I mean, I was, um, shoot, I was in my early, th- just turned 30, early 30s, 31, 32 at that time. And I'm dealing with people that were older. And 
Um, you know, I had general managers that were supposed to be so wonderful. And then you find out that somebody you didn't think had a felony had a felony. Right. So it's just, yeah, I don't miss that crap at all. I really, I haven't, I haven't been in the industry. I was with rallies actually, or I'm sorry, with Sonic the last five and a half years. I had left. I was a real estate agent. I still have my real estate license, but I, you know, Sonic begged me to come work for them. I had 10 restaurants with them. And, uh, in 2000, I'm sorry, in 2017, I left when I met my husband, he didn't want a wife that had to work all the time. Mm -hmm. So I was able to give up my career, which makes you kind of feel like you lost a sense of self. So, you know, I, I think it was very hard for me because I was used to being in charge. I was used to making good money. So it was very hard for me to step back from that. Um, well, but yeah, it's totally now. But you get, you get to do your art now, though, right? Right. And I didn't even start that until 2018. It's kind of funny. My husband and I moved to St. Augustine, Florida for like six months because I went down to Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. And we decided to live there. And after six months, we we're like, you know what? You're too far away from everybody and move back. But I started painting. I, I used to draw when I was young. And I really, you know, didn't get to do much with it because I always was either working or I had children to take care of. Either way, I was busy. Um, and then I just started. And from the very beginning, you know, my brother was like, wow, how do you know how to do that? What, you know, where did that come from? <laughs> and so he was so proud of me. And I'd send him pictures of what I was painting, like even my first, second and third paintings. And he was so impressed. And I, of course, it made me feel good because this is a guy who's in Hollywood with all these people and artistic and all this. So it really made me feel good. Mm -hmm. And I just kept painting and I started selling stuff like immediately. I mean, I was doing pet portraits. Um, we moved back to Indiana like a few months after I started painting and I was selling pet portraits to people. And, and it's just kind of turned, it's just really pretty cool how that, <laughs> how it ended up turning out for me. Um, now, is that working you know, out? I don't oil, oil or acrylic? I, I do acrylic. Mm -hmm. um, I've tried oil. I've used oil um, that's mixable with water. Uh, the problem with me is I have no patience. Mm. So oil takes forever to dry. Yeah. And acrylics dry in like 20 minutes. So to me, I like to get a painting, start on it, get it done. Um, so I've watercolor. I've not really tried. I just, it's just not my thing. So I think artists just basically, you know, I've tried everything and just figured I started really started with acrylics and it's just been what I stuck with mostly, I would say. So, but it's fun. Well, acrylics are, are nice because they can give you this kind of uh, depth of color that sometimes you can't get with other forms. I mean, as much as I like a watercolor, it, I, unless you're really good at it, it's, it's going to look washed out, which has never been the thing that I've been interested in in looking at. Um, and then with, with oils, it just seems, again, unless you know what you're doing, it can sometimes seem slimy. I guess. <laughs> right. It, that's a problem for me. I think I don't like the texture of it. I think that would be the texture of it. And also you can't like put another color on top of it in 15 minutes or blow dry it real quick and put another color on top. Like you said, with acrylic, how you can build on top yeah. because it takes too long to dry. And acrylic just dries so quick that you can just keep putting layer on layer on layer. And that's what's so cool about acrylics in my, my opinion. But it, I have little experience. I've never taken classes. I really don't. And people ask me, how did you just know how to do it? I, just, I don't know. And I draw. I drew Michael's um, uh, Michael's face and everybody loved that. I, you know, and Michael bought and made him a painting of his dogs or painted him a painting of his dogs. And then he bought a painting. He saw on, on Twitter, fell in love with this uh, painting of a cabin in the snow. 
And within five minutes, he had to have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he bought it. You know, of course, he got a, the brother discount. But oh, yeah. Um, but it was it was cool. It's fun. I mean, it's more to me is people loving it. I don't it's you know what? I like having the money because I like to spend money. And my husband's very, very, very frugal. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> he has money, but he's one of those people that keeps it. He doesn't want to spend anything. Well, that's kind um, of a farmer thing. So to me, though. <laughs> so that's to me, why you have money. Exactly. That's why he has money. Exactly. Um, but for me, it's like uh, I liked it. But the most important thing for me is for people's reaction. And especially when they get them because somebody ordered painting for me. Like this guy ordered painting for me and he's a fan of Michael's and he's a big Superman. He's a big Smallville fan. And he had the Superman, um, like, you know, the Superman S picture of it. And he saw this painting I painted that was, it's in a, um, a, what is it called? I can't even think of it. What are they called when they're not really a painting of anything? Oh, abstract. <laughs> abstract sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't think. Um, and he, you know, he said he just, it just caught his eye and he, and then when he got it, he didn't realize it had metallic in it. He said, I am so in love with this painting. It's the first piece of art I've ever bought in my whole life. And to me, that is much more important than any amount of money you can get me. Well, and that's that's the thing we're all kind of looking for, isn't it? We're trying to trying to get that uh, emotional connection to to get a context of of where we are in relation to the people and the things around us, right? Absolutely, I agree. I mean, so that that to me, and when some or somebody buys a painting for me, and then they have to have another one and another one. So when they actually got it, they liked it even more that they couldn't just have one. So that's another thing. To, if somebody buys another one, that tells me how much it means to them. You know, so and, and of course, money. Everybody wants money, <laughs> but in in all honesty, I'm more thrilled to death with how they react to it and how it touched them, or it meant something to them, or they saw them in it or something like that that connection like you said that that just touched them and that to me and I, I don't know I mean there's other people that might not care about that stuff I don't know how you guys feel about it but to me that's what it's about oh yeah definitely so I, I I'm a big fan of that's that's the whole focus of our podcast we're looking at pop culture and how it relates to us specifically but to everyone in general and pop culture bleeds into so many different things. It's just a very specific uh, set of art forms that, that are there. But I mean, classical art, that has to be the, the basis, the, the origination, you know, from, from the very beginning of people drawing on cave walls all up until what we've got right now with CGI and everything else. We're trying to, trying to tell stories and trying to understand what, existence means through the lens of these stories right absolutely that that's well said well said so yeah that's how you know that's how i feel so i was gonna say shameless plug if someone wants to look at your stuff or if they do want to get a piece of art created by you is there a website or somewhere that they could go to to check some things out I have a website right now. It doesn't have a lot of paintings on it because I just recently bought Crystal Storm. And she just recently um, put one together for me. So it's laurierosenbaumart.com. Uh, L-A-U-R-I-E-R-O-S-E-N-B-A-U-M-Art.com. Also on Twitter, um, I have a Facebook, Lori Rosenbaum Artist. Uh, Facebook page, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E-C, 
like cat 39. So you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter. Um, and my Facebook, I'm Lori Rosenbaum Kegel, K-U-E-G-E-L, which is my married name. So if anybody wants to find out anything about me, my Facebook is public. They can look at everything I post. Um, so anything they want to know about me is pretty much out there for anybody to see. I, I'm an open book as far as, you know, that goes. I always like to be an open book, but I try to leave the pages blank. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like it. Yeah. Uh, to try to say something so profound. I did want to have an opportunity to tell my fun story, though, about oh, yes. that I was talking to you about. Yes, 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 yes. The uh, story about James Gunn. You want to hear that? Heck yeah. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I went to Michael's and we went to, he was in this game, this video game called Lollipop Chainsaw. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Um, oh, oh yeah. But it came out in like 2012, whatever. So we had the, the, you know, they were going to start selling at midnight at GameStop. So we took a limo to GameStop and there was a line and everybody was dressed up for the game, which was really cool. Um, and James Gunn was one of the writers on the, on the game. And so, you know, we went in there and his brother was there. Who else? He was in the golden girl or the golden girls. Oh my gosh. The Gilmore girls. <laughs> um, he was a star in the Gilmore girls. And I can't think of his first name. I feel bad. Do you know it? I am not real familiar I, with that show. I yeah, should. My wife was addicted to that show, but I, yeah, I know exactly who you're too. talking about. So yeah, my daughter was addicted to it too. But anyway, so he was there and my daughter was with me cause she was going to look at UCLA. So that's why I went to um, California. So, um, so he was there and she about fell out, but James was so nice. Um, and like he said, Hey, how many games, you know, I'll give you whatever you want, you know, just sweet as can be nice to meet you. Um, him and Michael are very good friends. Um, so the experience was really cool. They, they had it where you can come in to GameStop and they were all going to be there. Everybody who was involved with the game. They had the girl dressed up who was in that, who was in the show. Michael played the head. He was a character, a head yep. that somebody carried around <laughs> And uh, so everybody was dressed up and they all signed, you know, autographs. And it was just cool. I was shocked to see how many people were lined up to buy that game at midnight. But of course, you know, James Gunn and Michael were going to be there. And, you know, so it was a pretty cool experience for the people that, that came in to buy it that night. But definitely very nice guy. Um, and him and Michael have been very close friends for a long time. So, I'm, you know, I, I think... You'd just be surprised at how really open, nice um, these people, you know, are really the people. It's just unbelievable to me how overly friendly and just kind hearted uh, they are, which makes sense to me because Michael's that way. And I think him having those kind of friends, one of his best friends, Tom Arnold, they started in a show called Tom, the Tom show together. Right. Um, one of Michael's first shows um, and they're best friends. And he's actually uh, Tom's son's godfather. Michael is. So that's a little cool tidbit, but that was fun. I mean, getting to do things like that with Michael were pretty cool. I mean, that was a very cool experience to me. I don't know how much you guys would like that. I'm sure probably a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly certain I would have uh, enjoyed that greatly. <laughs> um, that uh, video game, if I'm remembering correctly, um, the, the protagonist that you play as is basically dressed as a cheerleader with a chainsaw through the, the entire thing. And I, if I'm remembering right, there is, uh, you know, you get achievements 
and playing some of these games when it's on Xbox or PlayStation or whatever. And they're usually for completing chapters or, you know, something. But occasionally there are uh, intentionally embarrassing achievements that they do. And since you can control the camera angle on that game, if you tried to control the camera angle in such a way as to look where you shouldn't be looking, you would get an achievement that called you out for being a perv. Pretty funny. Wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's pretty good. Wow, yeah. that's that's pretty cool. I think I would have... Um... <laughs> You, you, See, and I'm not a video, but my son played it and, and won in a day. He, you know, beat the game. So, yeah, <laughs> but um, but it's definitely I mean, it's still cool. The whole experience, the whole thing, you know, it's just they do just so many fun things. I would love to, you know, you think, oh, I wish I would have done things differently so I could have lived a life like that, maybe, you know, but you don't want to take away the, your own achievements, your own accomplishments. You know, not everybody you know, gets to do, you know, have a life like that. I'm sure Michael has his own things. I mean, oh, if yeah. you ever listen to his podcast, you know, he talks about his depression, anxiety and stuff. So he's got, you know, he's got a lot of his own issues to deal with. So not, he's, you know, similar to everybody else. Like people think I'm different. Like I had a woman that almost passed out because I was Michael's sister and I was in a store, a jewelry store and her husband was there and they said, Oh my God, are you related to Michael Rosenbaum? And the woman almost fainted. Like <laughs> I was famous because she was meeting me, you know. That's funny. So it's kind of weird because people look at me like, you know, first of all, they think Michael gives me everything. Michael's not like that, and I don't take anything from Michael. Michael doesn't give me anything. That's not how it is. I've always earned my own stuff. So when I drive drove my Mercedes or whatever at the time, people thought, "Oh, your brother must have bought that for you." That used to make me mad. Yeah. They just assume, you know, things like that. <laughs> so you know, and and but. It is funny how people think you're famous because you're, oh, oh my gosh, that's Michael Rosenbaum's sister. Oh my God. Like, come on. Are you serious now? <laughs> he's, you know, he's not, you know, Michael's like a high, I mean, I would say he's a B-list actor. He's not Tom Hanks or, you know, Will Smith. Right. But, you know, but um, I think that people just take it out of context so much. They just make it as, as it's like. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I mean, I'm sure when you meet somebody that's, you know, on TV and people would be so excited to meet, like when you met Tom or, you know, when uh, Tom was there and, 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 <laughs> and said he should fly down the stairs. Right. I right. mean, I don't know which one of you said that. That but... was me. That was, that was the embarrassing Ken <laughs> Seymour uh, had his foot in his mouth for a good 20 minutes yeah. at that point. <laughs> but I'm sure it's because you just were nervous and, you know, he's, you know, he's famous. He, you know, he is well a and, famous person. And, and here's the thing. I, I may be nervous for maybe a different reason that a lot of other people might be nervous. So, you know, if you're okay. thinking about the average person that is going to that is going to be meeting these people who, whether they actually idolize them or they're just really uh, starstruck because they, they really enjoy well, the the work that they've done and the the joy that 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 they've brought to their lives personally, it's hard to kind of put that into words. And for me, I'm more thinking about okay, this person is just this is just a guy or a girl, and how can I treat them in such a way that they will appreciate just a normal interchange, a normal exchange, but also be able to say, hey, I really appreciate what you've done up to this point. And then my brain melts, melts down and it just doesn't work sometimes. Right. Well, I was nervous about talking to you guys. I mean, you know, I think that anybody in a situation, we're doing a podcast, you know, so I want to come across as being, 
you know, being a normal person or being me or whatever. And I don't want to sound stupid or so I think any time that you're in a situation where you can sound, you know, say something like, oh, why did I say that? Like, you know, you did. Mm -hmm. It's just I think it just happens because no matter what, in certain situations, you're going to be a little bit on guard or a little bit, you know, don't want to say the wrong thing. And right. sometimes it just happens. I mean, we all make mistakes. That's what being humans about. But, but, but I, you know, I was a little nervous. What am I going to say? And but most of the time, I'm just going to I'm going to tell you how it is or about the truth. I'm not going to you know, I have nothing to hide. Right. So whatever comes out, comes out. That's how, you know, well, that's and I'm sure he never thought and never think. I thought Tom, I bet Tom never thought another thing about it. I hope uh, not. honestly, I'm sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope I very much hope not. I hope it just I hope it just stuck in my mind so that it can be one of those stories to help me remember uh, any time that I need to gain some modesty or to 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 strike down any little bit of ego that might pop up for myself. Absolutely, uh, yeah. And we, I mean, we all make mistakes. Are you going to go to another Comic Con? Are you planning on going to another one in the uh, future? Oh yeah, we'll we'll definitely be going. I, I go to Gen Con every year. Have not missed it this year. May be the first one, uh, depending upon what happens. But uh, um, that's more of a gaming convention. But we've been talking about trying to make it out to California for Comic Con at some point. Uh, we we do what oh, we cool. can to to try and create opportunities to talk to interesting people. And that's not just people in the, in the film industry. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to talk to All actors right. and directors and writers, but game manufacturers and um, artists. And uh, if you've seen the artwork for, um, for um, our Twitter uh, or what's on our website, that was done by Larry Elmore who actually lives in Kentucky with uh, in uh, around ish, the same area that you do. And he's, oh, cool. if you've ever heard of Dungeons and Dragons, he's kind of the guy back in of the Of course. Old, right. So <laughs> wow. I mean, it was great to talk to him and to get a little piece of, uh, of his experience in his life. And it's just, it's, it's such a treasure and such a gift to be able to have access to do that. And that's kind of why I do this. I want more. I want to get that. I want to get that story. And, and absolutely. And no, you'd be better. surprised people that you, you never even thought of talking to and the magic and the things that you can learn from somebody that you would have ever not even known existed. Right. And I, of course, social media gives us that too, is the ability to interact. Just like I said, you know, I, I interviewed Carrie Hain, the sister of Corey Haim, who, mm -hmm. who died, you know, very young. Um, but that's the same thing. It's like, you don't really realize until you've talked to somebody, you know, I found out, you know, I found some so many interesting things about people, doctors, lawyers, stuff, people that I've met just being on social media that I would have never, ever talked to. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like I, it's just something and, and the, being able to have a podcast like you guys do, you're doing it for the right reasons. You know, I, there's people out there doing it for not for the right reasons, but I feel like your podcast is, you know, is for the right reason. I, I And I love that. You know, I loved how you explained it. And. I think that's great. And, you know, um, you know, anything that because I, I was I was thinking about I was going to have a I, there's a lady who's writing a book who works at Western Kentucky University. That's a parasite, not parapsychologist. She's a I want to say she's a ghost. Hunter. Ah, OK. And she does, you know, she, yeah. So I'm you know, she's we've been talking about having her on and she keeps saying she's available. And I just haven't had the opportunity to to do that with her yet. But, 
you know, even people like that, because I want to see, you know, I don't know what I believe or, you know, exactly or whatever, but definitely interesting to have all points of views on any subject. Well, and this is this is the thing that I kind of enjoyed of what I heard of your podcast and kind of what we try and do with our podcast is, is a lot of things that's missing in our current society, at least I feel this way, with with the way social media works and the way that our consumption of information works, it's very easy to forget that somebody that you might disagree with is a person and that it's you may disagree with an idea. You're not disagreeing with the person and try and treat them nice and, and, and be good. I mean, like like the, the person you're talking about, I, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't I don't think any of that is real. So what? I would love to hear what that person would say and and how they go about their lives and how it affects them and how how they see the world through their their lens. I mean, it's it's great stuff. Absolutely. And there's like, you know, scientifically, if you're into science, which I presume you are, mm-hmm. you know, the a lot of and scientifically you you wouldn't think that would be, you know, you wouldn't think that to be true and there's scientific reasons why people feel think, think they see something or whatever. And my you know, my husband doesn't believe at all either. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to say I don't believe just because of experiences. I've never seen a ghost or anything, but I'm not sure. I feel like there's something else out there. There's another dimension. My husband doesn't believe in that. He doesn't think there's anything, you know, he believes in God, but he doesn't believe like really about, you know, UFOs. And that to me is crazy because I know there's got to be, <laughs> there's definitely, <laughs> there's got to be people, something people that absolutely the universe is big as it is. There's no doubt in my mind that there's another probably much smarter, <laughs> um, you know, there's if there's ufos out there and they're flying out here obviously they know how to do things we don't so uh, so I, I have to keep i can't believe that you know i'm not uh egotistical enough to believe that we're the only you know beings in this whole universe it does seem, I, I guess i could i, I mean it seems unlikely in, in my opinion yeah right absolutely and the navy just released some a video from 2006 that they finally were allowed to release release and that white house allowed them to release i saw that that is the video video? Did you? Yeah. yeah. And 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 it's like and my and my husband said, well, that's no way. It's something there. They came out and talked about it because it got out, and it's something the Navy is doing. It's there, and they're trying to hide it. Well, you can't even tell what it is, so that's not it. No. You know, it's not like it's some kind of weird spaceship that can we actually can see what it is. All we can see what's on that guy's radar. <laughs> so to me, I mean, that's not a cover up of something. Yeah, that, just my opinion. I mean, we all <laughs> we all have our opinions. Oh yeah, no. I, I mean, have my I I have too many opinions. <laughs> could could it be a could it be could, a cover up? Sure, but hours, so. you know, people are panicky, and why release something that would cause panic? You know, I I could see it going from that direction too. I mean, eh, who knows? I mean, keep yourself open to other ideas. That's that's the best way to be. Yeah, I mean, then you're not surprised when things happen. Right. That's all. You know, I mean, why you close your mind to anything? Yeah. There's just no, I mean, there's so much to know. There's so much knowledge out there to grab onto. And that's what you guys are doing. Yeah. Um, I love know, being I feel bad wrong. for your co-host because. We, <laughs> we, we, we've been talking <laughs> a lot, haven't say, we? <laughs> uh, what do you say? I didn't even hear him. No. Here he comes. He, he's got a uh, profound word. I said, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're still here. I'm sorry I talked so much. Oh, it's that's just, what we like. It's, it's... <laughs> I mean, those are, those are the best types of podcasts that we do, is when we don't talk very much. 
I mean, honestly, those are the ones that turn out the best. Yeah. That's I'm glad. I hope people are going to want to listen to me rattle. Cuz my <laughs> husband tells me I like to listen to myself rattle. That's right. what he says. <laughs> Well, I, I so, can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on and talking with us. This has uh, been very enjoyable, and hopefully we'll get to have you on again sometime here in the future. And you can Absolutely. Let, I would absolutely love to. Let us know how things are going when you when you uh, continue with uh, your podcast. And uh, I know the, the exciting things going behind the scenes on, uh, on Lindsay's side are, are kind of fun, and the, the, the burgeoning success of your artwork. I definitely want to see how that goes in the future. Absolutely. And I definitely appreciate it. And I really appreciate you guys having me on. And I really want to thank you for you guys doing what you're doing and making it about other people and, and also, you know, about um, opening up the world to things and, and the views. And, and that means a lot. I like the fact that you guys are doing it for the reasons you're doing it. And I appreciate it very much. Well, thank you. Thank uh, you. You're yeah. very welcome. Don't, and anytime, just let me know. I would love to be on with you guys again. Anytime, just let me know, and I would love to. 